1: For Tim on this Wednesday evening, and I do have some questions. I need to go around. Actually, not around the room. I'm only going to ask the ladies on this one. Angel, if you're there, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. You're not fooling <laughs> okay. me this time. You're not fooling me yeah. this time.
2: Uh, go
3: Angel. Go.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll ask you then, Sharon Bellio. When was the last time you got either a massage or a facial
3: Oh, like recently, like last month.
1: Is this something that you do routinely, or is this, is it a, like a special occasion?
3: I do it a lot. Okay. I really love, yeah.
1: All right. It's something my wife likes to do. Me, I'm I'm kind of like mm, it's just not me. You know, I'm more old school. When I go to get my massages, I usually go to the hole in the wall. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Ten wow. lords a leaping, baby. Yes! Nine ladies dancing. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm still going to hell. <laughs> the reason I ask, because oftentimes I hear great things about going to the spa, going to get uh, a massage. And for ladies, a facial. Maybe even some men, too. I've never had a facial. Like, I've never had a manicure or pedicure. I can say that. Mm. I've, I've just never had one partially because i'm you know i don't like people messing with my feet that's part of it <laughs> i just don't I, I just it's maybe it's just me I, I just don't you know keep your hands to yourself i don't, I don't want p- other people's hands on my feet Not that explains in my a lot really yeah what are you trying to say michael
0: i'm trying to say it explains the relationship between you and other people who are <laughs> in this station
3: <laughs> so we will never see you eating leftovers getting a pedicure is what you're saying.
1: Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct. That You can say that. Is Angel actually laughing or is that the drop of Angel laughing?
3: No, no. It's been me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. You can't it fool has. me. It has been.
1: Okay. Well, then, then tell me, uh, are you a, uh, a young lady who prefers a facial and a whole spa treatment?
3: Oh, you know it. (laughs) I do that stuff all the time.
1: Okay. All right. I I just want to take a straw poll around the studio. I won't ask Stefan because I know he gets down like that. I already know he gets four or five massages a week. So don't don't, don't even get on the mic. I already know. I already know. The reason I ask is because this holiday season, KFI AM 640, has your chance to give the magic of well-being with a free 80-minute massage. Or facial at Burke Williams. I'm talking about a $250 gift card. You can shop Burke Williams holiday gift card packages and receive over 25% off. Visit BurkeWilliams.com forward slash holiday for details. Now, right now, Stefan, are we ready to do this? Are we ready? Okay, we're going to do this. All right. All right. Bellio says we're ready. Caller 8 Give us a call at 800 520 1KFI, 800 520 1534. If you are caller eight, a $250 wow. Burke Williams spa gift card is yours. Come on. Caller eight. Burke Williams, man. That's a big deal. I've heard some great things about people that have gone to Burke Williams. No, honestly, to be very oh serious, I've heard nothing but great things about Burke Williams. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that for effect, that's just the honest truth. I 800 520. It's wonderful. No, go it's ahead.
3: wonderful there because when, whenever you go get any treatment, you have access to their whole spa facility also, which includes the steam, the dry sauna, and um, the hot tubs and hey. uh, the soaking pools. All right. Sp- spend the whole day there.
1: And see, uh, uh, Michael, uh, are you, were you ever skittish about saunas? Uh, no. Saunas are like okay, but uh, like I'm a skittish? guy. Skittish? No, I wouldn't say. Yeah, don't 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 talk to me. <laughs> <Sonas>. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. There's always there's always the guys always in the steam what? room of the sauna yeah.
0: that wants to have a conversation. It's like <laughs> oh, dude, pick up your towel. Yeah,
1: t- don't look me in the eye. Don't <laughs> talk to me. No, look me in the <laughs> eye. Eyes up here, buddy. Caller eight five two zero one KFI five two zero one five three four. A Burke Williams. Two hundred and fifty dollars. That sounds awesome. You have, isn't not that perfect for the holidays? Though? Look, I, I've I've gotten, I've gotten
0: I've gotten a, a facial at a spa before, and it was pretty it was pretty awesome. I it's, gotta say, exfoliated. But it and was a one time. Yeah, yeah. Did the whole thing and the little there's like a, a like a misting thing that kind of wafts over your face and you don't. That's a humidifier. Half the time I I see it, it, like I felt things going on in my face and I'm like, I have no idea what's happening right now. But <laughs> But manicures and pedicures um, and massages in general, uh-huh. I've I've never really gotten anything like, oh, oh my god, I feel so good after them. Never have. Yeah, I I, I get I, that. I've tried. I get that. I've sizzle. tried many times. Yeah. But I, I The most I ever got was like there was one in Luxor that I went to in Vegas, and oh, yeah. uh, that's where I got the facial done, and it was like, oh, that was fantastic, and the massage was like, man, I feel good. But other than that, every uh, manicures okay. and pedicures specifically have never done anything for me. Well,
1: I think we have a winner right (gasps) now. Eugene, are you there? I am here. Hey, Mo. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) All those things. Congratulations. Now, you're going to be going to Brook Williams Spa, or are you going to give it to a significant other?
4: I think I will give it to my significant other.
1: That's very nice of you. I'm not so sure I would have. Sorry, baby. If, uh, I get, if I get a sure. two, it's a $250 gift card, when else are you going to have the opportunity to go to Burke Williams? You know, you
4: can actually make a whole day out of it. Um, so I may just go with her and just uh, get another package. And you spend the whole day there. It's a, it's a day spa, but you can hang out in the jacuzzis and all, all that. Use a facility other than just uh, massages.
1: Wait a minute. You sound like you've been a few times.
4: <laughs> I've been once. Once.
1: Spent the whole as day the wife's there, huh? Gone a few times. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what's it like for you there as a guy? Because I'm saying that this is a genuine question. When you're there, how, how does your experience differ or compare to maybe your wife or significant other?
4: So they have girls' side and they have the guy side. But I think they have communal uh, jacuzzis. So All if right you want to go into communal. But you can still do the the uh, girls' uh you can separate out mm-hmm. the hot the hot um you said hot wh- what hot what
3: the uh, what? Huh?
4: The, uh uh-huh. that rooms that so that's hot. what am i thinking the the steam rooms oh,
3: so you got oh, the steam oh.
4: rooms you going to hang out there then you can go in the cold dip yeah the whole the whole the whole shebang <laughs>
1: okay when you say guy side and 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 lady side what does that mean um so if you're going to get a massage you have the choice of a male or female masseuse how does that work
4: well, that's too, but um, I think most of the time it's they have separate lockers and separate rooms for men and then separate rooms. It's a pretty big facility, at least the one in Torrance, the one I've been to. It's it's pretty big.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's two sets of like steam rooms and, and uh, saunas and all that stuff for men and women. Right, right. Yeah, there's no mixing.
1: Okay, so you're going to re-gift this as a Christmas gift? I won't tell anyone, I promise. Ah.
4: <laughs> well, I think I might just go with her and just cough up another package.
1: Well, that's very nice of you. Do you have a special woman in mind, or are you still choosing?
4: Yeah, the same woman I'm married to for the last 25 years. That's a very good
1: answer. That's a great answer. 25 (laughs) years. Well, Eugene, you said Torrance. Are you from that area? Redondo Beach. Okay. I grew up in that area. I went to South Torrance High School, class of 87. What about yourself? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, what are you, like the sea fishes, the sea kings? What are (laughs) y'all?
4: No, the kids are all Redondo
1: Union. Okay. What's, what's their mascot? I can't remember. Redundated Seahawks. Seahawks. I knew it was Sea something Sea something Yes, it's the Seahawks. <laughs> Yo, I absolutely love that through. area. Um, it, really it'll always be home. Area. Well, Eugene, congratulations. And I hope you have a wonderful time with your wife of 25 years. I mean, uh, if you want to you. sneak in a, a mistress or something, I won't think ill of you. <laughs>
4: uh, that's, that's not on the cards. It's uh, you got enough problems with one wife, like I want to
0: handle all <laughs> There another. we go.
1: That's a smart man right <laughs> I there. I am not mad at you for that. Well, have a wonderful time, a wonderful holiday season, and let's stay in touch. Um, maybe, Obviously, we'll get your information. Sharon will get your information. So on the other side, make sure you call us back and tell us about the whole experience. Can you do that? Oh,
4: yeah, absolutely. Will do. Thank all you so
1: much. All right, then, Eugene. Have you a wonderful have a time.
4: Great... Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, it's Connor here. Most people don't
0: realize that you don't need an attorney to set up a trust, form a corporation or an LLC, or even get a divorce. You've probably heard other companies that process legal documents online, but this one's different. At
1: LegalDocsByMe.com, there's no form fill. You call them and they take down the necessary information. They're not lawyers. They don't give legal advice, but this is the place to go to save thousands. KFI listeners get 10% off all documents. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say LegalDocs. Pound 250 LegalDocs. The lawyers save money at LegalDocsByMe.com. Part of the reason why it's a good day, it's the winter solstice. So that means the day is going to be getting longer from here on until June in the middle of the month. I like actually more sunlight during the day. And it's a good day whenever I get to sit in for Tim because it is a fun day part to work in radio. Don't have to do all the hard news. We can just have some fun being here with you talking about music and movies and Mickey Crozier like that alliteration? Hey. Yeah. If you don't know, at the beginning of the show, we we're talking about how people knew us, be it friends, neighbors, and the names that most people call us are not the names that people know us by. Michael Crozier, I found out tonight, was known as Mickey in certain parts and quadrants of the country. I was known as Morris or Will, short for William, my middle name. Uh, Stefan, for whatever reason, is called Stefan and Steven. Is that, that's not his name. Sharon Bellio was called Sharon. Just found that out tonight.
3: That's actually true.
1: <laughs> no, I know that is true. <laughs> I actually that I did know that you I think you told me that yeah. when I first met you because just from it, the spelling of your the name. Spelling of yeah. It, yeah. But but part of the reason why I enjoy sitting in for Tim, it gives me the opportunity to really stretch my legs in terms of discussion of entertainment. Movies specifically. And today's world, more people, unfortunately, I think it's unfortunate, more people rely on movies for their education, and they confuse biopics with actual documentaries. They they look at a, a biopic and think, well, that's the way it is, or that's how it actually happened. It's a true story, you know, based on a life story, so-and-so. And, well, a biopic is a dramatization. It's not, you know, it's not the real thing. And, it's rem- and I'm more reminded of it right now because there are some really big and important biopics which are coming out. Uh, actually, one came out today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I Want to Dance with Somebody. So I'll, I'll start with that one, Stefan. And that is the biopic surrounding Whitney Houston. And for me, when it comes to a biopic of someone in the music industry, especially from my time in the music industry, I'm going to be pretty damn hard on it because there are things that I know which I believe should be in the story, and there are things that I believe which shouldn't be in the story, or they're going to dramatize because they want to sell tickets. Here is the trailer for I Wanna Dance With Somebody. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: please
1: welcome Whitney Houston! Uh, Common criticism of you, your music isn't black enough.
3: Well, who said that? That's just bull. And it makes me angry, actually. It's hateful and uninformed. My whole life, she ain't black enough, she ain't white enough. Well, how about she's not obedient enough? How about she ain't fearful enough? I... Music is not a color to me. It has no boundaries. I sing what I want to sing, be how I want to be, and reach as big an audience as I can. We'll love you. No one is like you. You can sing,
2: Whitney. Your daddy's princess. We're building something here, so you just keep singing.
3: Daddy, my money. I trusted you. You were meant to look out for me. We spent a lot of time together. It's damaging the brand. Since when did a little girl become the brand? I miss that.
1: Don't even worry about it. You're Whitney Houston. Love you. Love
3: you. What was it like that love? Millions of people. The best feeling I ever knew.
1: Now, I'm quite sure they will talk about a lot of things as far as her rise to stardom, her relationship with Bobby Brown. And if you were paying attention at the beginning of that trailer, it talked about the internal battle within her camp as far as whether she was, quote unquote, black enough. Let me give you some perspective on that, because I was working at a rival company at the time. Her first album, if you remember, it had mostly ballads. Her first hit was You Give Good Love and Saving All My Love. For You, and those were hits originally on R&B radio. Then she crossed over, as the term was called back then, to pop music radio. Her second album was titled I Want to Dance with Somebody, just like this um, uh, movie. And, Stefan, if you get a second, just pull up that song, I Want to Dance with Someone." Somebody. That whole album was mostly pop music in nature, and she was— really cr- criticize, I mean, horrendously criticized for that movie, uh, I should say that music, which was mostly pop music played on non-black stations, and they were calling Whitney a sellout for the most part. And I was also working as a music journalist back then, or I should say writing for a number of publications. And something that I think if you're going to tell the story of Whitney Houston, you have to tell the ugly parts of it if you want it to be any way authentic where a documentary would unabashedly, but a biopic probably wouldn't. You have to talk about the drug abuse. I always look at uh, who's behind making the movie
0: as to whether or Mm. not I, I will enjoy it for historical purposes or purely entertainment purposes.
1: I look at this as purely entertainment. And if you know the true history of Whitney Houston, a lot of people think of her as this very polished, refined, starlet, diva even. But if you've ever if you ever had the opportunity to be around Whitney Houston the person in her natural you know being in her natural state she was very rough around the edges she was very coarse she was very unrefined and Clive Davis the the music mogul over at Arista Records back in the day they used to have this thing called artist development where they would teach you how to do an interview. They would teach you how to sit. They would teach you if you needed to learn how to answer questions or uh, eat a meal. All of that was part of artist development because they were teaching you how to not only perform, but become a worldwide star and exist in public and deal with the press because they're looking for these certain things. And Whitney Houston, when she first came on the scene, could do none of that. She was very rough around the edges. She was just a, a girl from the hood, as they say, from New Jersey which was in direct contradiction to her public persona that people knew her as. And if this movie gets it right, and I'm not sure it will, you have to show that dichotomy as far as who she actually was versus her public presentation. And that's part of the reason why people were so, I guess, in disbelief when they found out about her drug addiction. And let me tell you just a quick story before we go to break. And this is a true story. I've told it other places, but I don't think I've told it here on the Tim Conway Jr. Show. Back in 2000, I was working for Warner Brothers records and there was a album release party at the, at the playboy mansion for this singer by the name of Dalvin the great. He was like the, the least talented member of Jodeci, no disrespect, (laughs) but it's the truth. Jodeci, a very prominent nineties R&B group, but at the, at the, um, Playboy Mansion, it was one of the biggest deals at the time. You had Hugh Hefter there. You had most of the Lakers. And now it's the year they won the championship. You had top names in Hollywood like Paula Abdul. Star-studded, but it included Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston. They were both high as can be, and they were fighting with each other in plain view. But it was so ordinary because everybody in the business, and this is pre-social media, so there's no one really to talk about, it, and we weren't allowed to have cameras and take pictures, no paparazzi, but they were both high running around singing gospel songs to nobody in particular and fighting. But it was a well-known open secret that Whitney Houston was high all the time, usually drunk, and out of control for the most part. I think a lot of people's eyes were open when
0: they had that reality show with the uh, with yeah. Bobby. Yeah. And, because and she was definitely more herself in those, in those, in a lot of those scenes. And
1: you got to see her for who she was as opposed yeah. to the very curated version that you saw maybe in the Barbara Walters interview, or when you saw her performing on stage or in movies. But there's more in just a moment. And but the point is, don't let biopics be confused with documentaries. They are not the same, and they shouldn't be the measure of whether we are telling the true story of some of these very important,
2: sometimes famous people. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome
3: to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18+. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join m i d dot com.
1: I was talking about how people sometimes wrongly see biopics as some sort of historical presentation Of people we know or maybe don't know and the Whitney Houston biopic I want to dance with somebody I believe has come out today as a matter of fact and it's someone I'm now at the point in life where I'm watching biopics of people I either worked with worked around had some modicum of interactions with and so I don't know if I can watch that particular movie and not be hypercritical because there's certain things that I'm looking for that are essential, in my mind, to telling Whitney Houston's story. And I don't know if you can do that and not... you. It's The documentary regarding Whitney Houston is not going to be pretty. The biopic is, but not the documentary. And I was telling the story before the break of how I was at the Playboy Mansion. And I'm not saying this to be... To, to brag or anything. I'm just saying that's where the party was. And I happened to be there. And Whitney and Bobby were also there on this evening. And it was star-studded. They had every uh, conceivable celebrity in the house because that was Whitney Houston at her veritable peak as an artist. And everyone knew that she was an addict at that time. And no one intervened, even though the music industry was rife with with uh, instances of big stars dying prematurely because of drug addictions and no one stepped in because she was making too many people too much money and the point is I don't think they're going to tell that story in I want to dance with somebody they may hint at it they may make an oblique reference to it but I don't think they're going to tell that unflattering story there was a time at I had met Whitney even before that. I was working for the Grammys. This was about 1996-ish in New York for the Grammys. It was at Radio City Music Hall, and she was doing a duet with C.C. Winans. And it was a morning rehearsal at Radio City Music Hall. And I was there helping out because I worked as an awards coordinator. And Whitney's people came in in advance. This is early in the morning. And they said, no one look at Whitney. Don't try to talk to Whitney. She's not, don't take any pictures of Whitney. I took a picture. I do have a picture of it to this day, just saying. Because we knew what that meant. She was going to come in, and she was probably high, drunk, slash hungover, or both. And when she came in, she stumbled through the rehearsal. I'm not exaggerating. And she was wearing sunglasses, dry, hungover, and high, or some sort of combination of all. It's just that that story is probably not going to be told. And I always want to caution people when you're watching biopics versus actual documentaries. Biopics are to sell tickets and to make you feel good ultimately. Documentaries will tell you the stuff that you may not want to know, but you're probably better off knowing. Like for example, I just saw this great documentary on HBO Max talking about Miss Cleo the from the Psychic Friends Network. Tragic story. I learned things about her that I didn't know from people who actually uh, lived with her, dated her, who loved her, and gave a perspective about her. And also, Miss Cleo, uh, she is actually in uh, her own documentary. She's gone now, but it's video from 10 years ago. That's how you actually learn something about these artists or these very significant figures, not through a biopic. But there's another biopic that I am very interested in seeing because I obviously don't have any firsthand memory of the person, Robert Oppenheimer talking about the atom bomb. I remember when I was in uh, middle school at Cali Mare middle school in Torrance, one of the papers I did was on Robert Oppenheimer. So I've always had an interest in him and history and science and things of that nature. So the, the Christopher Nolan movie, which is coming out in early 2023 on Oppenheimer and the first atom bomb and its impact on history And they're portraying it as Oppenheimer was, he was, he had the consternation. He wasn't sure about what his invention would mean for humanity going forward. And that's what the story is going to be told as far as his biopic. Listen to the trailer. We imagine a future and our imaginings horrify us. until they understand it, and they won't understand it until they've used it. Theory will take you only so far. by Christopher Nolan and I am a person if Christopher Nolan comes out with a movie I'm going to see it now that doesn't mean that I like all of his movies Tenet I thought was a great idea did not like the movie at all Interstellar great idea thought the movie was okay but I loved Inception I loved The Dark Knight Rises I loved The Prestige if you remember that movie with Hugh Jackman many so, years ago. So good. so good. So good. So good. He is a great storyteller as far as he tells very different stories, very ingenious stories. He tells them in a way that I think most directors are afraid to be bold in that regard. So I really do appreciate Christopher Nolan. And that's why whenever he comes out with the movie, I see it. Doesn't mean I'm going to love it, but I, I give him the benefit of the doubt as far as, what that story could be at its best. And Oppenheimer is another one of those. And I say that to say, it's another biopic, if you will. It's a dramatization of someone's life. It's not actually in a historical account. It may contain some tidbits of history. So you're but- saying Nolan's Batman is, is a biopic? <laughs> what am I going to do with this guy? What am I going to do what? with it's a, it's about It's about the life of someone. It's a dramatization. I remember when I saw the movie Jaws and it was on, on TV and you have to be old school to remember on TV, on TV was one of the first quote unquote cable channels have this private signal, this scrambled signal and it would have the squiggly line down the center. And so you turn on the switch box from off to on and there was on and select TV. We had on TV. They were the rivals at the time, late 1970s, early eighties. And, That's, I think, when I saw Jaws because I didn't see it in the movie theaters. I was a little too young, but I remember how fearful it made me and I'm quite sure other people from uh, going in the water because just the idea of getting eaten by a shark. And then I saw this story today, which made me laugh out loud. It seems that Steven Spielberg has a degree of regret for telling that story and the unintended consequences of how sharks were targeted by sport fishermen in the years afterward. Quote, to this day, I regret the decimation of the shark population because of the book and the film. The book was written by Peter Benchley. I truly, I really, truly regret that. That's one of the things I still fear. Jaws is a great movie. And it's not necessarily because of the uh, special effects, because there were none. The shark has been widely uh, um, or recorded, did not work well. And so Steven Spielberg did not show much of it on film because they could not get it to work in the way they wanted to. So they relied more on the idea of the shark and the, and the dorsal fin in the water than seeing the actual shark. And of course, there's the music, I should say the soundtrack, which is just synonymous with all things death. It's such simple instrumentation. I do remember feeling this, and tell me if you agree, Michael or Stefan. Anyone. I remember watching it and thinking if these dumb motherfuckers keep getting in the water, then I hope the shark eats their asses up. It was the 4th of July weekend, and Roy Scheider's character, the sheriff said, Don't go in the water. There's a killer shark out there. He tried to tell them, he tried to warn them, and they had some. Dumbass boat race, and then the shark went to town on them. It's like, I didn't feel sad for them. When I saw all them
0: people running out the beach, when the fin first, you know, appeared, and everybody's panicking and running out the water, and I was hoping to start seeing some people drop.
1: <laughs> I was too. I, and they it, it like just all of a sudden sink down in the water? <laughs> right. I, I, I know it sounds crass, And I know the mayor had a lot to do with it because it was a big tourist weekend. He was trying to make money and and bring people in town. But you had people who came to town knowing that there was a recent shark attack and they still went in the water. Maybe it's just me. And maybe I'm just someone who is reticent to get in the ocean at all. You don't need to give me two reasons to stay out of water. Just one is enough. And that would have been enough for me. So that's one thing I didn't quite really get about the movie because the danger was already real. It wasn't abstract for the characters at least. And the best part of that movie, I should have pulled the, the clip. The best part of Jaws is the clip where Quint, you know, who owns the boat, which they go out and try to get the, the gray white shark, tells the story about being a naval sailor and being caught in the water. And having to deal with the sharks, that that whole monologue—I think it's like a one-cut scene—and he tells this powerful monologue. And see if you can find it, Stefan. It's it's Quent. He's telling about the the story when the naval uh, sailors are in the water, and we can play that. But it, it's a it's a great scene. I think that's part of the of why Jaws was so great because it did not rely on the grandiose. It did not rely on special effects. It did not rely on the things that were big. They relied on the things which were much more subtle, which were much more simple in nature. And it's one of those movies where I think you got to see the brilliance of Steven Spielberg.
0: Yeah, mother necessity, man. He couldn't do what he wanted with the the shark. So they kind of made that turn and said, no, we're going to make it more about the implication
1: yes. of the shark. And he left it more to our imagination yeah. to really feel the, 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 the fear of the moment. So Stefan, were you able to find it? If not, it's not a big deal, but the the whole point was it was, it's a, it was a powerful movie because the music was simple. The dialogue was simple. The premise was simple. And from there, your mind took you away from, from after that point, you didn't necessarily need to see the shark. And when you finally did at the end, you got it. Here's the scene.
2: Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side, Chief. It was coming back from the island of Tinian Delady... ...and just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. The vessel went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer, you know? You know that when you're in the water, Chief. You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Well, we didn't know. Was our bomb mission had been so secret, no distress signal had been sent. <laughs> they didn't even list as overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief, sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was shark comes to the nearest man. That man, he starts pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you and those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming, the ocean turns red, and in spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. <laughs>
1: That's probably one of the greatest scenes in cinema history.
0: Nobody told those dudes about uh, just shove your thumb in their eye. The thump.
1: That'll take care of it every time. Michael Croce, you are always on time. You are never late. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Tim Conway Judy Show. We're going to talk about the top 100 movies of all time as according to Variety, and they're having people like you and me vote on it. We're going to go through the list. It's ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. It's ridiculous. But we're going to have some experts weigh in. So keep it right here. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
4: 18 plus.